I'm not on TikTok. I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know what TikTok is. I know it's, you know, it's something on the internet that involves uh, funny dancing and funny videos, but I don't. I, don't, I haven't. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I used to think of myself as the young hip pastor, but that that is not the case anymore. I don't think. So. Well, you use the word hip, so I think that that counts you out now. You're just you're just yeah. a regular pastor now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Owen Podcast with me, your host, Andrew Suit, and brought to you by Ozark Mission Project. Thank you for listening today. This episode is another Owen Pastor episode where my guests are former OMP college staff and others who are now pastors or in ministry thanks, in some part, possibly to their time with OMP. Today, my guest is Reverend Dane Womack, but first, let's worship with a Morning Watch devotion together. Morning Watch is the you and God time each morning at camp after breakfast and before heading to the neighbor's homes. Today's Morning Watch is from 1997 when the theme was, Are you my neighbor? Be a neighbor. Hear the parable of the Good Samaritan first in Luke 10, 30-35. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. From this parable, we can learn many things about loving our God and our neighbor. Think about the neighbor you worked for yesterday and the neighbors you will work for the rest of the week. These neighbors may be of a different race or social background who are in need, and love means showing compassion to meet that person's need. Wherever you live, there are needy people close by. Love means to take action to meet another person's need. Remember to always be a good Samaritan in situations you may encounter after you leave OMP. Don't be afraid to take action to help someone in need. Well, my guest today is Reverend Dane Womack. He is the senior pastor of Paragould First United Methodist Church here in Arkansas, and he holds degrees from the University of Central Arkansas as well as Duke Divinity School. But I'll let him introduce himself. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, and I just want to ask, who is Dane Womack? Yeah, that's right. Well, Andrew, thanks a lot for having me. I'm, I'm glad to do this. Uh, Andrew and I were chatting a little before we went into record mode here, and uh, of course, I just love OMP and, and happy to support OMP in any way. And and uh, it's my first time to be interviewed in this fashion. So I don't I don't know if I'm a good interview candidate, but it's uh, my honor and, and my pleasure to to help out and to and to share a little bit of time. Uh, well, professionally, as you just said, senior pastor of Paragol First United Methodist Church. So I've been here a little over a year. We came came here summer uh, last year, last summer before uh, 2020, before pandemic modes. And so that's that's my professional title. And uh, 
we have a great church here still sort of getting to know them and getting to know a town it's been such a, a strange season but but we're really happy to be here personal level of course I'm a husband I have a wife Jill uh, we grew up together in in Cave City uh, which is not too far from Paragould over near Batesville uh, and our families are both there our dads actually work in the same small plan our moms are both on the same school campus so uh, we kind of have a small uh, a small life back home in some ways well connected uh, I have two children I have a daughter Edith who's seven and a son Holden who's four and uh, of course as as all parents would say I'm just very uh, proud of them and, and spend a lot of time with them and enjoy them they, they, of course, mean the world to me. Still close to my other family. I talk to my parents regularly. Love my parents. They mean a lot to me. I can say more about that later. Got a brother who lives in North Little Rock and see him pretty regularly as well. So, so that's me in a nutshell. As you said, I went to UCA for undergrad uh, from Cape City High School to UCA. I actually was there uh, for six years, did a gradu graduate degree as well. So I have a, a bachelor's and a master's degree in math and applied mathematics. And so I did a lot of physics and statistics and fluid flow and engineering. That's kind of how my brain is wired. That's where I spent most of my energy um, before shifting more of a focus toward uh, ministry. And so uh, still love those things, still love math and science and uh, statistics and data. That's, that's, that's a really comfortable world to me and uh, mm -hmm. enjoy, enjoy doing that sort of work as well. And would probably be doing something in that realm uh, if I had not answered the call to ministry. You want me to talk a little bit more about the call and things like that, or do you want to, or do you want to ask more questions about? Well, no, that's great. If you want to talk about kind of how you were called into ministry, uh, maybe how that connects with OMP, of course. Uh, so maybe you can weave in there. When did you first get involved with OMP? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, my my call to ministry and my involvement with OMP they definitely are are intertwined. They go together. Like I said, I'm from Cave City, which is a small town, about two thousand people. I grew up at the First United Methodist Church there, which which is funny. It's funny to be the first church in a tiny town because we we're, were the only Methodist church. <laughs> but we yeah. called it the first one just in case another one happened to come around, I guess. You know, my parents were real involved in church, are real involved in church. And, and we never had a, a position of a youth director or anything. Everything was done by family. I don't remember how. My, my dad was helping with youth and leading youth when I was a teen. Um, and somehow he got word about OMP. Maybe we went to a district thing or a conference thing. I don't really know, but, but, you know, someone planted the seed. You guys should go to Ozark Mission Project. And so that's, that's how it started. Uh, maybe I was in eighth or ninth grade. Again, we're from a small church, not really a, a big youth group, not really a big ministry. Uh, weren't super connected to conference or district events. I mean, occasionally we would attend something if it was convenient. And so uh, going to OMP was a really new thing for me personally and for our church. And, and mm -hmm. to see people there from, from these large churches all over the state, or at least I perceived them as really large compared to my home church. Um, and so that was a kind of a strange experience to go there. But it went really well. We, I mean, I liked it. I felt like we we kind of meshed well with it. I mean, the themes that were being taught and the and the emphasis on loving your neighbor and then in, in specifically the the work itself construction work outdoor work mowing lawns uh, I had grown up doing that a lot and so OMP was like this really natural fit where I could do some of the things that I was good at you know working with my hands or working outside and getting to to meet new people from other parts of the state other churches um, for me it was just I, I don't know I had been to other things been to been to camps or been to worship events or thing. I mean, those things were, were good, but OMP was just totally different. And it kind of just meshed with my own soul in a really particular way. And, um, mm -hmm. and my, my dad liked it. My brother liked it. It just kind of worked well for my family, you know, in my church for three or four or five years. And I would say that's the very first place that I kind of had, you know, had leadership opportunities in my home church because it was my church and it was small, but to be given some leadership responsibilities at OMP, you know, either working within the family group or, or doing things, 
you know, we had a couple of family groups come together and work on a big construction project uh, that that kind of came natural to me. And I think the OMP college staff, the adult volunteers, they they saw some skills in me and kind of helped to encourage me in that. And, that. and and I would I would really count OMP as the first place where I took some some leadership steps, you know, and and and, and kind of used my voice and tried to encourage and, and, and support other people and to and to steer our our work in a positive direction. I mean, I didn't know that was happening then. I wouldn't have narrated it that way in, in ninth grade. <laughs> but now looking back on it, I see that as sort of the beginning of becoming comfortable with myself and becoming comfortable with uh, leading others, particularly leading others in, in some ministry efforts. Well, you, you said it's it's been a while when we were talking before, but yeah. do you have a funny or uh, maybe most memorable camp experience for you or? You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was apologizing a little bit to Andrew. My, my teenage years seem like a long time. <laughs> long time. <laughs> Amen. Um, but, yeah, that's, so the, like the camp experiences as a teenager are, are kind of blurry. I remember at one camp I was on crutches. Uh, I had a broken foot and that, that, that would appear to be a real devastating way to go to OMP, but it wasn't a big deal. Uh, folks worked with me and were flexible and helpful. I, I kind of had to sit and do projects that I could do from my, from my bottom or what have you, but you know, folks were nice about it and, and took care of me. And so that's, that's one thing I certainly remember. I, I do remember, you know, people and, and gosh, my story is not unique, but people like Hank Godwin uh, taking time to kind of introduce himself and get to know me um, and, and others from other churches. And that, and that was kind of where they started planting the seed of, you know, hey, you, you seem to like this. You seem to be good at it. This seems to be natural for you. You know, would, would you can think about maybe working with OMP as a staff person? And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to do the math. I guess it was my, my summer after my freshman year of college. It's been a while. Um, I, I did a I did a staff a college staff position for that summer. I had some other employment responsibilities back home, so I did, I only did two camps, but that was about a month worth of college staff work because you know pre camp and post camp and everything. And uh, and we were in West Memphis. I did both both camps were at West Memphis, which was a heavy construction camp, and that and that was a good fit for me. And and that was just that was kind of another step in in taking off some more leadership. Of course, organizing projects, planning projects, working with family groups, but then also you know speaking it in worship and and leading some prayers. Uh, those are things I had done tangentially, but to really have some responsibility for them um, in my own call story. I mean, I count OMP as where where those experiences began to develop. Uh, with some more intentionality and some mm-hmm. more, some more vision toward the future. Like, am I, am I just enjoying this because camp is fun or am I actually, you know, being called to something here? You know, is there something more significant happening? Uh, and OMP is kind of where that, where that fire was uh, starting to be lit anyway. Well, if you could, this is just such a great question because we think of working with young people, working with teenagers and OMP and college staff. If you could go back and tell younger Dane something what would it be? What would the one piece of advice be that you'd give yourself? And would you listen to it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know, the thing that I really struggled with most, and, and I'll, I'll use young kind of broadly, I would say from, from middle, middle of high school up, up into college, you know, the thing that really made me anxious was trying to sort out what, what's a call to discipleship and what's a call to ministry. And, mm-hmm. and, and I really felt strongly a call to discipleship. I mean, I wanted to follow and know Jesus and wanted to be a faithful Christian and wanted to love my neighbor and wanted to be a good disciple and practice spiritual disciplines. But what I couldn't figure out was if that was the, if that was a deeper call to something else or more significant. And that really, uh, that really bothered me for a while. I mean, I just couldn't quite put my finger on that. Mm-hmm. And I think I had some 
you know, like all of us do in our late teens, early twenties, just had some anxiety, you know, and just was, just was anxious about uh, saying, yeah, I think I want to be a pastor. And my grandmother more, more on the uh, Pentecostal conservative side, she would always say, you know, well, has the Lord called you, you know? Uh, and that always bothered me because I didn't know, you know, and the Lord hadn't called me or at least hadn't uh, given me a direct line or hadn't spoke verbally. And, and so to that, to that side of my family and to the people who were wired like that, I didn't have a good answer, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time. And for me, it never was like a, it never was a, a you know, a, a Saul to Paul moment. It, it never was a, a lightning bolt moment. It was just kind of a slow nagging. Right. And uh, so if I could tell my younger self, I would just tell my younger self to, to be patient, you know, uh, with myself and, and it's okay. I, I felt a lot of pressure to have everything figured out when I was 17 or 18 mm-hmm. or 21 or 22 or 23 that, that pressure was, was mostly, um, sort of self-created, you know, and, and it, and I should have had a little more patience with myself and, and also a little more confidence, you know, the things that OMP taught me, uh, I was probably a little bashful about embracing those for a while. Cause I just didn't know, you know, oh yeah, I want to be a pastor. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel called to this. Yeah. Uh, I was quite comfortable using that language. And, uh, if I could tell my younger self, I would say, you know, have some patience, but also be confident. Yeah. I've, I've found that in my experience with young people and with myself, I think, uh, we often, as in our teenagers, teenage years, rather, we, we think we know it all. And then uh-huh. our, in, in our young adult years, we do know it all, or at least that's what we tell everybody. And then 30-something, we're kind of like, oh, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, we're thinking, you know what, maybe mom and dad did have something right. <laughs> yeah, the, old, the older I get, the less I know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. right. And right. Uh, yeah, just more humility every day, especially this year. You know, everything we thought we knew has been turned upside down. So. Uh, totally. Exactly. What a strange time. So as we kind of fast forward to these days, uh, what did you learn at OMP that you've kind of carried forward into your ministry now, many years later? You know, one one thing I like about OMP, I'm going to try to try to find the right way to say this. One thing I like about OMP is that it, it cultivates a real sense of humility and a real sense of um, transparency. And so there are many ways in which ministry calls for us to, to sort of to put on our best self, you know, Sunday morning worship or, or what have you, and a little bit of an aspect of ministry that's performative. And that's not all bad. You know, I mean, there's part of that that, that is necessary. Um, one thing I like about OMP, though, is when you spend a week together, you know, sleeping in bunks, uh, sleeping on air mattresses, working outside, it's just a very humanizing experience. And, um, and I like that. I, I think our true self sort of shines through at OMP. What, whatever, um, whatever you were putting on on Sunday morning when you got to camp, uh, whoever you were trying to, to be or trying to impress, that's all pretty much worn off by Wednesday or Thursday, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I like that at OMP, I didn't feel like anyone was trying to impress anyone. I didn't feel pressured to impress anyone or be someone I wasn't. It was just a real comfortable place. Hey, we're all here to work, to work collectively. Uh, we're all here to, to, to be a, a part of this shared effort. Uh, I love that. And I, and I think OMP captures that so well. And I wish more of ministry was like that. Yeah. You know, um, more, more collective, more honest, more transparent. And uh, I think that's one reason teens have such a powerful experience there uh, is when you go to OMP, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, personality or, or perhaps the impressions that you've worked to cultivate as a, a, a persona, uh, a lot of that gets torn away at camp in a good way, you know, right. and you kind of right. get to see who you really are and you get to see who other people really are. And I think that's, that's pretty valuable today. 
I love that. That piece of humility is just really good. I, I got to thinking about my first episode was with Hank Godwin, you mentioned yeah. earlier. And thank you. You've already been far nicer to me than he was. <laughs> okay. He, he used it as a time to just pick on me. He said, Andrew, you're so easy to pick on. But we got to talking in that episode about, I think part of the problem is we take ourselves so seriously sometimes and God not seriously enough when right. we need to do the exact opposite. Take God more seriously and ourselves less seriously. And I just think even, you know, thank, thank God we grow out of some of this. But, you know, as a teenager, you're just so concerned with, you know, am I, am I wearing the right thing? Am I saying the right. right thing? Am I impressing the right people? Am I cool enough? And, and one thing I loved about OMP is that I, I, don't, I just didn't feel like those things were relevant at OMP. I mean, we're all wearing like scrubs and old jeans. You know what I mean? Like you just weren't there to impress people in the same way. And uh, man, I think church should be like that broadly. And, and yeah. uh, I love that about camp for sure. Exactly. Come as you are. Yeah, that's right. Um, so could you name some people in your life that have been a, a big influence on you and, and why? I, I'll circle back first, just my family, my, my parents. I think, you know, when I was growing up, I thought I thought everyone had great parents. You know, that's just sort of the assumption. And um, and perhaps that's there, there's some truth in that, that most parent people have a good relationship with their parents. But but as I grow older, I feel exceptionally grateful. My parents were just were and are wonderful folks, deeply involved in my life, but never in a way that was that was hurtful or overbearing. They certainly allowed me room to grow spiritually, to ask difficult questions, gave support where it was needed, but never in a, in an overbearing way. And so, uh, sorry, that's my office phone ringing. But, um, so my parents, to, to say that they're a big influence would just be an understatement. I still count them as a great source of care and comfort and encouragement. My wife great. as well. I, I, I grew up grew up as a teenager knowing my wife. I mean, when I was going to OMP in camp, I mean, she was she was a part of my life even then. And so, you know, Jill has been a constant a constant source of my development as a Christian and, and certainly now as a pastor. So I know those those are maybe low hanging fruit to say my parents and my wife, but but they certainly are people who mean a lot to were, me. Were you and Jill then like high school sweethearts then? We, we have known each other since high school. Her mom was my second grade teacher and yeah. uh, and, and our siblings were classmates. Jill and I are a year apart, but our siblings okay. were classmates. So, uh, and like I said, our dads work at the same, they did not work at the same company then, but they work at the same company now. Uh, and so we've, we have known each other for a long time. Yes. And uh, yeah, we share that in common then because Kelly and I weren't high school sweethearts per se, but we went to the same high school and then started dating in college. We went to the same college together. Yeah. Jill, Jill went to UCA and then she, she did a physical therapy degree there. So, so I was doing graduate degree in math. She was doing physical therapy. So we were, yeah, we've, we've been together for all, all the steps along my journey. It's hard. I don't, I don't have many memories that don't include, you know, her. Uh, yeah. She's a part of a part of all of those things. Uh, to speak, though, a little more uh, about about OMP. Uh, of course, Hank was was a, a a great, and I don't know why I had the good fortune. He just happened to be at a couple of the camps that I went to as a camper, and so got to know him. And Hank just kind of uh, embodied this 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 faithfulness, and yet this cheerfulness and carefree attitude that I thought, wow, that's you know. I'll, I'd like to be that sort of Christian one day. And, uh, yeah. and I still think that about him. I met Rodney Steele at OMP when I was a college mm -hmm. staffer. Uh, and that ended up being a really important relationship because um, Rodney took a, took a little interest in me that week. And we just had some nice conversations and, and I didn't know him at all, but, but got to know him, got to know his, his son and daughter who I, who I would count both as, as good friends. Now they were at UCA and uh, I, I have just felt connected to Rodney ever since I was a, a college staffer. Uh, he would he would be at UCA a lot for his children, and I would see him there. He ended up being the district superintendent in Conway mm -hmm. uh, while while I started having some thoughts about ministry. And so so Rodney was my first like 
like phone call to a pastor uh, saying, hey, I, I, I think maybe I want to be a pastor. I'm not sure. What do I what do I do? And and so he he got he got me started. And so he he and his connection to OMP uh, and meeting meeting together there, that that's a critical part of my story. And I still count Rodney as a great mentor and friend and a Christian that I'd like to be uh, like, you know, one day. Uh, Sarah Pear is is also a mentor. She was at Grace Conway when I was in Conway. Mm-hmm. And she became, after I kind of had those initial meetings with Rodney, she became my official candidacy mentor. She placed the stole on me at ordination. So Sarah means a whole lot to me. We're on opposite sides of the state now, so I don't I don't run into her very often, but we still stay in touch a little bit and uh, think a lot of her as a pastor and, and as a person. So those are those are some folks who mean a lot to me, especially uh, as they're connected to OMP and connected to the United Methodist Conference here in Arkansas. Excellent. And I know we could spend all day sharing about mentors and people who've had an influence on our lives. But thanks for sharing some of those. OMP's mission then is to transform lives through worship, fellowship, and hands-on mission. So I'd like to kind of end these uh, episodes, give a piece of that, at least a taste for the the listeners. So could you give our listeners one practical challenge, something they could do even today or maybe this week to uh, serve their neighbor? Well, this is this is going to be very low hanging fruit, um, but it's important here in uh, Greene County today. Uh, the the thing you could do most to love your neighbor right now is to be safe and be responsible. You know. Mm. And, and that would that would include wearing your mask in public. I'm so concerned about this. As I told you, I'm a I'm a data nerd and statistics nerd. And uh, I'm just just still anxious about communities like mine who are a little bit more rural, a little bit on the edge of the state, perhaps have not seen a, a large spike and uh, it could still happen. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm concerned about that. So I would say if you if you love your neighbor, if you care about other people, if you like building wheelchair ramps and, and raking leaves, uh, there's no no reason you wouldn't also wear your mask and be careful around others. Those are those are one and the same to me right now. Uh, and when I see people practicing that sort of care, um, I take that as an intentional nod toward you know na- neighborly love. You know that we're making efforts to care for one another and. And I think that's so important. That's a tangible thing we can all do. On the less tangible side, I would just say to, to stay in touch. My, my sense is pastorally um, that we're, we're having some pretty significant spiritual health, mental health, however you want to categorize it, um, emotional health. You know, pe- people are anxious. Um, mm-hmm. I'm anxious. You know, it's, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a hard year, you know, and, and that's been said a lot. But just because it's been going on for a few months doesn't necessarily mean it's it's getting better. And so I would just highly encourage you to, to check in on your friends and loved ones. Call them on the phone, text them. You don't you don't have to meet in person, uh, but a, a four or five minute phone call uh, means a whole lot. And my sense is, as we lean into this winter, we're going to really need to strengthen the bonds of connection. And I'm speaking to my own church um, partly, but but hopefully to others as well. We're going to have to strengthen our bonds in ways that we haven't had to before. I think we were waiting on this to be over, and um, my sense is that's just not going to be the case. And so we're going to have to we're going to have to rely on other avenues than just meeting in person to to maintain our community and to care for one another. And I love that. I, I appreciate that. It doesn't have to be a wheelchair ramp. It can be right. something very small. Do do instead of doing big things for God, you can do small things. Yeah, that's right. That's like right. Um, doing no harm to your neighbor right now is is such a big theme that we continue to come back to. Yeah. Yeah. I hope the, the sort of people who like OMP and are motivated to care for their, for their neighbor, that that's not just something you do at camp in the summer, but, but as you said, you do it uh, as much as you can every day, you can small ways, big ways, um, that this is a full-time, a full-time task we've been called to. So one of the last questions I, I want to ask all of our guests, which is essentially a, a great worship and sharing question at the end of the day for OMP, you have sharing time 
typically. And one of those questions is often, how have you seen God lately? Or how have you seen God today? So how have you seen God lately, Dane? It's a good question. OMP uh, and sharing. I remember, you know, being 15 or 16 and that sharing time was a little bit anxiety inducing because you thought you had something you wanted to say and no one was pressuring you. I mean, there was never any. Uh, and sometimes we would sit there for long moments of silence, you know, that's like the closest thing to, to the Methodist altar call we have. I mean, there's no pressure, but there was just this invitation and, and you would kind of let this uh, feeling building you until, until you either had to say something or, or maybe you didn't, maybe you passed that night. So I, I think of those sharing questions as being some of my first experiences. I mean, I wouldn't call it preaching, but, you know, just having some willingness and some vulnerability to, to say a word. Man, I have, I have fond memories that I don't remember saying anything important, but it was still an important time. So uh, how have I seen God lately? Uh, this year has been, for, I'm, I'm a, as I mentioned, I'm kind of a math and science nerd, uh, and I'm an I'm a administrative planner, communicator. I mean, I like to think of, uh, months months out a year out try to plan calendar budget all that sort of stuff uh gosh this year has just crushed me in that way i mean we, we are trying to mm-hmm. trying to plan things even four weeks out has been hard because uh, we don't know you know what's going to be safe what's going to be reasonable what's going to be responsible and possible and sometimes i feel like i've done a good job of that and sometimes i haven't and personally um, the spiritual growth i've experienced this year and, and am experiencing right this minute is, is just really relinquishing some of my control, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm such a type, a type A, I guess, and planner. And I think those skills have served me well in ministry in many ways. Um, but I'm learning this year um, that I don't, you know, have, have to know everything that's going to happen in six months, and I don't have to control everything. Um, it's not my preferred style of management to live a few weeks at a time. Um, but on the other side, what I have been surprised by, you know, is just God's sustenance and constant care. And I don't, I don't, I don't say this lightly, but I really feel like God has led both me personally and our church, you know, maybe just a week or two at a time. Um, mm-hmm. but, but like the, the burning bush by day or the cloud by night, you know, that God is there ahead of us uh, and, and still calling us. And, and though we can't see next summer quite clearly yet, uh, we can, we can trust you know, that God is near to us and sustaining us. I'm not someone who, who wants to rely on, on others' uh, care or sustenance. And so this has been a really soul-shaping year uh, for me to learn to trust and, to, and to, pray with, to pray with a level of earnesty and sincerity that maybe I haven't before. Still, right. still learning that, frankly. I'm, I'm, I tell my church all the time, I mean, I, I'm happy to be the preacher and to be the leader, but I'm, I'm still pretty immature in my own faith, you know, and I need, I need their help growing as a Christian. And, and, uh, this has been a year that, that I have certainly grown, though not, not entirely in pleasant ways, um, but have been reminded and, and celebrate, you know, God's presence and God's care for us. Well, very good. I, I, I appreciate that because we haven't really hung out all that much and to hear you share just your kind of humble heart today has, has been very inspiring. And I, I identify with that too. I'm trying to remind my folks here that, you know, I'm on the journey with you. If, if you're having a crisis of faith, there might be a likelihood that I, I am too. I t- we finished up, uh, been working with Jonah for the past four Sundays and, and yesterday mm-hmm. was the last Sunday of the last chapter. And, and I made the comment in my sermon that, you know, Jonah's struggle is with his anger. And, and I said, I, I don't know about you all, but I really relate to this right now because while I try to appear calm and cool and collected and try to give a confident voice to our future on the inside. I mean, I'm in turmoil, you know, about everything, about politics and relationships and elections and 
and uh, expectations and of course this virus and how it just continues to disrupt our lives. I mean, that, the anger in me is always, it feels like it's about to boil over at any time, you know, and, and uh, I'm right there with them. I'm not, I'm not any holier than they are, you know, in that respect. But thank God that God doesn't give us over to our worst desires and inclinations, you know, that God continues to, to cultivate in us, um, hopefully a spirit of discipleship and patience and faith. So I'm certainly on that journey and this has been a growing year for me, but uh, in, right. in large ways. So. I'll just share one way I've, I've saw God today, and I'm not sure exactly when this will air, so it'll date it a little bit, but we have a new restaurant here in town called uh, Chicken Salad Chick, and our pianist here happens to be the uh, new general manager there. So today happened to be the friends and family day, and so I got my ticket to go in there and talk about a strange time to open a new restaurant. <laughs> right. um, but just to see the joy he has in in starting this and gosh to plug chicken salad chick i guess is is kind of neat to to really neat restaurant and um at least as a guy who's working on my health you know a little yeah. healthier than right. say a cheeseburger the fact that they were doing something small today by it was donations only so that, you know they're using this as an opportunity to train the staff mm -hmm. and so um the donations that we we gave are going to a, a local food pantry so that's Which really, is really neat. We uh we have a for your for your listeners who aren't aware, Paragold's about twenty minutes from Jonesboro. We're we're not really a we're we're a different town. I mean, there's a pretty good distance there, but at the same time, we share a lot of the same people. People work in both towns, drive back and forth, and so on. Anyway, there's a chicken salad chicken Jonesboro. We we've eaten there a few times. It's really good. It's really tasty. I don't I don't know where it originated. I, I think it's a fairly it's an Arkansas thing or a regional thing. I mean, you may know more about it than I do, but it is. I good. don't know a whole lot, but I think you're right. It's pretty regional. I think there might be some in Louisiana, maybe Mississippi too. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it a plug as well. It's great for your Conway people. Go check it out. So. so to bring it back to a plug for OMP, if only they had given the the, the donations to, to OMP, yeah, that's, sure. that's probably a great place to come back to, yeah. <laughs> to wrap things up. So finally, Dane, do you have anything you want to plug or how could listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to, to follow up with you? Yeah, I, I don't have anything to plug. One thing I would <laughs> ask is, uh, you know, I, I do think you, you made a small comment there, and I'll, and I'll just uh, piggyback on that. I think su supporting OMP is really important, and I would just encourage folks, you know, when Jill and I got out of graduate school, got out of seminary, fi finally had some real jobs and real money, uh, we've, we've made a regular effort to never a large amount of money because we don't have that kind of money, but just regular effort to support OMP monthly or every other month or, or whatever. And, and for us, I'll say the same thing I say to my church, you know, just, just making it a, an electronic uh, regular gift makes it so easy. So if you can give... So OMP or give to other ministries like OMP. Uh, I know the economic situation has been has been tough this year, and particularly for nonprofits. And so I would encourage folks to to continue to support if you can. And I know OMP uh, would appreciate it. Uh, I'm on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm not I'm not super great at any of those things. Um, if you want to get more of my preaching teaching, our church is on Facebook and streams all of our services and, and streams some Bible studies and things like that. So that's where you can see a little more of my pastoral work for sure. I think this is before we started the interview. You said you're not on TikTok, right? I'm not on TikTok. I don't really know. How, I don't I don't really know what TikTok is. I know it's, you know, it's something on the Internet that involves uh, funny dancing and funny videos, but I'm, I don't I haven't I've, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Now I'm really dating myself. I used to think of myself as the young hip pastor, but that that is not the case anymore. I don't think. So. Well, you use the word hip, so I think that that counts you out now. You're just you're just yeah. a regular pastor now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So.
Well, thanks for joining me, uh, Dana. I really appreciate getting to, to hang out with you at least a little bit in this way and look forward to doing that in the future when we can do that again, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's good to talk to you as well, Andrew. I do, do love OMP. Appreciate folks who, who are involved, who are leading it, caring for it, uh, shepherding it through this year. And we look forward to it being back and better than ever in the, in the future. Well, God bless you, brother. Take care, man. We'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Owen Podcast today. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to let others know about it. For more information about OMP, including how to get involved, support the ministry, register for camp, and more, go to ozarkmissionproject.org. Again, that's ozarkmissionproject.org. If you would like to be a guest or know someone who would make a good guest, please contact me at andrew.suit at arumc.org. That's andrew.suite at arumc.org. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.